Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Amen. We don't want to waste any more time. We want to bring right to the platform Dr. Cindy Trim. Come on, put your hands together. We're so excited to be with you tonight, and um, we're looking forward to going into our next uh, declaration and our next benediction. We want to go directly into the Word of God. I'm very excited because of this particular beatitude. It's found in verse number 7 of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. It says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And so today I want to talk to you about uh, the law of reciprocity. And a subtopic, heaven will not be mocked. Heaven will not be mocked. The law of reciprocity. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. There's a portion of scripture that says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So, This is the ability that God will give you to show kindness and favor to an individual. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And this mercy doesn't have to be generated by you. The scripture says every morning that we are awakened, new mercy we receive, or we receive new mercy on a daily basis. And mercy is the compassion that you show towards someone. Um, Compassion flows out of love. And it is the ability to compassionately show your concern about someone else's well-being. One of the things that Proverbs 11 and 17 says, The merciful man doeth good to his own soul. And this is important for you to understand. Because if you are not merciful, it means that you are doing wrong to your soul or you are, or you, you're, it's, it's, it's like, um, it's like drinking acid and expecting someone else to die from it. Um, the merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. So this is the law of reciprocity, reciprocity. Something that flows through you has to first touch you. And this is why you love your enemies. Why do you love your enemies? Because love is going to flow through you. If you hate your enemies, hatred is going to flow through you and then it's going to come to you. The scripture says, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Now, There is another word that we know that is synonymous or is synonym for the word mercy. 
and that is the word favor. Turn to your neighbor and say, do me a favor. Look at Psalm 102 verse 13. The Bible said, thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion. Now that word Zion has the connotation of something that lacks water or something that is dehydrated or dried up or parched, something that um, does not have the ability to produce. So it is something that has the inability to produce or sustain life. It lacks the ability to sustain life. It, it, another word for that word Zion is to lack spirit or to be dispirited. There are so many people that have lost their ability to produce. They have lost their ability to be excited anymore. They're dispirited. They lack spirit. They are discouraged. Their, 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 their faith is dried up. Their hope is dried up. Their prayer life is dried up. Their worship is dried up. And they have become Zion. Zion means to be dehydrated, to, to lack water, to be parched. What a name, right? And, and the Bible says, thou shall arise and have mercy upon Zion. Now watch this. For the time to favor her, yea, the set time is come. So whenever you show mercy, Mercy does not travel by itself. Mercy has a traveling companion called favor. So wherever there is mercy, there is going to be favor. Blessed are the merciful. That means that if you can just understand how powerful this beatitude is. The beatitude, what is the attitude that I should have? I should be merciful even to the people that I should not show mercy to. Why? Because the moment you become hateful, the moment you become vindictive, you take your favor and shoot it at point blank rage. You are actually sabotaging your own favor. You are undermining your own favor. This is why this beatitude is important. Favor is like having rain to a dry and thirsty land. That means if you want to get a standing ovation from God, bless other merciful for they shall obtain mercy and God is the giver of mercy. If you want to get a standing ovation from God, begin to show mercy. If you want to receive supernatural favor, begin to show mercy and show it to your fellow man. Show it to your fellow citizen. Whether you agree with their religion or not, whether you agree with their lifestyle or not, whether you agree with their opinion or not, why don't you try to walk in someone else's shoes before you treat them as if they're a nobody? And Christians are known for their hatred. We hate anyone that doesn't think like us, worship like us, believe like us, uh, have the same conviction as us. And some of the most hateful people are Christians. We turn our nose up to someone who we deem as sinner, forgetting that we were once sinners. And if it had not been for the Lord on our side, we forget all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Listen to me carefully. When a person sins... That is their strategy to make life work. And so salvation is a strategy that makes life work. In other words, you change strategies 
when you get born again. It's how you treat your fellow man. Now let's look at Genesis chapter 18 verses 1 to 3. How you treat other human beings. Human beings that don't look like you, act like you, smell like you. Don't come from the same socioeconomic background. Don't have the same degrees. There's a tendency for us, once we arrive or we think we arrive, we look down our nose at other people. Other people that don't dress like us, that don't talk like us. But those people have dreams and visions just like you do. They have feelings just like you do. And if the shoe was on the other foot, how would you want people to treat you? And this is mercy. Mercy is me treating others like I want to be treated. Me respecting others like I want to be respected. Now, you may not respect their activities and you may not like their lifestyle, but they're a human being. And God died for everyone, not just for us. He died for all humanity. Genesis 18, 1 to 3. Let's go there. That word mercy. How are you going to show favor? How are you going to favor people? How are you going to show mercy to people? Because if you show favor to people, then God says people are going to show favor to you. If you're going to be merciful to people, people are going to be merciful to you. So when people fall on hard times, how do you treat them? You know, when people mess up, how do you treat them? Because we have double standards, don't we? We have one for ourselves and one for other people. So when you mess up, it was a mistake. When they messed up, it was a demon. Genesis 18, 1 to 3. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamar. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked. And lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them for the tent door. And bowed himself toward the ground. And said, my Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight. Another word for favor is mercy. Pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. So that word found, if I have found favor in your sight. The word found comes from a Hebrew word, matzah. And it means to encounter, it means to collide, it means to meet head on. In other words, when you're merciful, God schedules a head-on collision with favor for you. He said the set time is now and the time is now that God is going to not only assist you, support you, promote you, but he's also going to exalt you in the, pro- in the process. Fra- favor is like freedom. Favor has to be exercised. Uh, mercy is like freedom. It has to be exercised. In other words, <clears throat> You can say that I'm merciful, but the time to show mercy is when people don't deserve it. And this is when you say, I forgive you. I release you. And you allow God to determine the outcome. But God said that when you treat others who probably in most instances don't deserve to to have mercy. And when you extend mercy towards that person, favor shows up. So that means that. If, in fact, God is really pushing us to live or to walk out the Beatitudes, you are going to have occasions where you can either fight or show favor. You can either be vindictive or show favor. You can either hate 
or show favor. In other words, you get to choose whether or not in this situation or circumstances, whether you're going to be merciful. When a person that says, I didn't mean it, how are you going to treat them after they said, I don't mean it? Now, this is a tough one. Because there are some people that do things that you really want to choke and you really want to, you know, give them a fivefold ministry uh, 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 gift, you know, and, and, and they say, well, why you punch me? Because you were wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquity and the chastisement of my peace was upon you. Bam. By my fists, you're killed. I mean, healed. There are some people, not everybody, but there's usually that one person that gets under your skin. They get right under your skin. And if you could, oh, I don't know what you would do with them, but you know, there's always one person in your family that's like that. Now, it's easy to show mercy to strangers, but when you get someone that's close to you, that gets under your skin, And you give them the silent treatment. Now, I know you all don't give them the silent treatment, but this is for your friend. And this is for the person on your left and right, but not you. Look at the person on your left and right. Say, she's talking about you. She ain't talking about me. (laughs) But there's that usually that one person, that one person in the workplace, the one person in your home, that one person in your family, that one person in your community, and they will just get right under your skin. And you want to give them a piece of your mind. You want to tell them off. You want to give them the cold shoulder. You never want to see them again. You never want to speak to them again. And they've hurt you or betrayed you. God is saying, this is when you are going to defy the odds. You are not going to be emotional about it. You're going to show mercy. Now, I could tell by some of your faces and some of your responses that an image of a particular person showed up in your mind. And and if you don't laugh out too loud, you won't be guilty. Being able to be merciful, being able to, from the love of God, through compassion, be able to give a person a break. I'm going to give you a break this time. I'm going to forgive you this time. And then do it the next time. And the next time, God said, if you just practice this, favor is going to be your portion. The Bible said that Moses found favor, but Esther obtained it. So you can find favor, but you can also obtain favor. Let's look at Esther chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. The Bible said, when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, she was adopted, was come to go into the king, she required nothing but Haggai, the king Chamberlain, the keeper of the women appointed, and Esther obtained favor in the sight of all of them that looked upon her. So Esther was taken unto King Ahasuerus into his house, royal in the tenth month, which is the month of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther above all women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Now, this is going to be important because when we look at uh, Moses who uh, found favor and Esther who obtained favor, when you go back to the law of first mention, we see that word favor, which is another word for 
having mercy on someone or you're extending that favor to that person. Um, you don't owe it to them. Uh, uh, you don't have to give it to them, but you extend it to them. It's like someone asking you a favor. I know I did wrong, but do me a favor. Don't hate me for it. You know, uh, don't charge me for it. You're showing mercy to someone. Now, when Abraham said, uh, if I can find favor in your sight, it was in this place called Maymar. So you have Zion, which means to be dried up. And you have Maymar. And Maymar means to cause fatness or to cause to grow large with prosperity. It simply means that something dries up and shrivels in your life if you don't practice mercy. But if you practice mercy, favor is the traveling companion. God sets you up to have a, a head-on collision with favor. And then what happens when favor comes in your life, God will cause you to grow large with prosperity. In other words, in this season, as you practice mercy, God is going to cause fatness to return. Psalm 35, 27 says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. In our last lesson, we talked about righteousness. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness or right living shall live a fulfilled life. You're going to live, you shall, you shall be full or you shall be fulfilled. So in this scripture, it says this, that if you favor the righteous cause, and that's why this next beatitude connects itself with the first, with, with this, um, the last beatitude, and that is you living a right life or righteous life or you being in right standing and that being the driving, the motivating factor in your life. All those beautiful things will happen to you. Now going to the next part, he said, if you favor my righteous cause, the Bible says something. Let them say continuously, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So let's just settle this once and for all. God wants you to prosper. That means the prosperity message needs to be preached until it becomes a conviction. Because what the devil is doing, the devil is lying to the believer and the believer is listening and believing because people now, especially believers are finding the prosperity. Oh, this is the prosperity message almost as if it is not biblical. Prosperity is biblical. Do you want to struggle the rest of your life or would you prefer to be prosperous? Because the Bible says, I wish above all things that thou mayest what prosper and be in good health, even as as your soul prospers and your soul is going to be prospering by the right living or right standing or righteous living before God. So if your soul is prospering, then prosperity is the natural outcome of it. And I decree that your days of struggling is over. Your days of scratching where you don't itch is over and your days of prosperity is here. Shout I'm prospering. Mercy, mercy, just being able to show mercy, just just getting rid of getting back at people and being angry with people and holding a grudge uh, with people. 
You are going to be able to defy the odds in your relationships. You're going to defy the odds in, in, your, in the workplace, in your profession. You're going to see all kinds of favor being extended towards you because it starts with you extending favor. You being merciful. Our, amen? Now, when God gives you favor, favor is going to follow mercy. When he gives you that favor, he's going to cause you to grow large. He's going to cause you to increase in influence. He's going to cause you to increase in impact. He's going to cause you to grow in significance. And I decree that your days of living an insignificant life is over. I decree you are growing large. Your name is growing large. Your personal brand is growing large. Your business is growing large. Your ministry is growing large. When people see you, they see you bigger than life. You are going to increase in influence. You're going to increase in impact and you're going to increase in significant in this season. I decree it. I legislate it. I prophesy it. I decree it shall be so. Why? Because you are blessed. Blessed of those that are merciful for they shall what? Obtain mercy. You know, king, the king of Egypt had a dream during the time of Daniel, excuse me, during the time of Joseph. And during Joseph's time, he had this dream and he saw uh, seven fat cows and, and the Bible said that they were well favored. And then he saw seven skinny cows that were ill favored. I decree your days of being ill favored are over. I decree you are not only well favored, you are highly favored like Mary. You're highly favored. That means that you are going from a season of just enough to a season of more than enough. You're going from a season of lack. And this is why these beatitudes are important for us to walk them out, for us to apply these beatitudes and beatitudes and make them our lifestyle, make them our pursuit. Because what God is going to do, he's going to give you favor everywhere you go. And I feel the anointing of God. And I feel like prophesying one more time. This is a season of favor. And you're going to forgive who you need to forgive. And you're going to drop what you need to drop. And you're going to get rid of the need for vengeance and you're going to treat people like you want to be treated you are no longer going to look down your nose at anyone why because every time you do every time you are merciless every time you do you are sabotaging your own favor I decree and declare your season of sabotaging your own breakthrough your own prosperity your own favor are over you are going to practice this beatitude and it's going to become a way of life. I decree that through favor, God is going to influence your in, increase your influence and your affluence. I decree God is going to give you so much favor that favor will cause you to prosper in the city, in your family, in your community, in your industry, in your state, in your country, and in this generation. I decree you are going to be one of the most favored in your business. People are going to wonder how you do it, and you're going to say, because I'm favored. When people see you, they're going to perceive you as bigger than light. You are going to grow. 
grow large with prosperity. Your days of living financially in, in, in emaciated is over. Even as Abraham found favor in a place called Mamar, which means causing fatness, I decree whatever industry you work in, the job that you work in is Mamar. I decree whatever city you live in, your zip code is Mamar. I decree because you are actively embracing this particular beatitude and you are practicing it every day consciously. I decree and declare God is going to make you bigger than life. I decree your pockets will be fat. I decree your bank account will be fat. I decree and declare your business will grow large with prosperity. I decree your ministry will grow large. I decree your children will grow large and prosper. And it happened when Abraham worshiped God. I decree your next worship expression, your next worship experience. I decree that it is Maymar. And when you worship, God is going to show his mercy to you. God is going to show his favor towards you. I decree you are going to be so so favored that God is going to cause you to become a destiny changer. God is going to show his mercy and you are going to have power to defy odds and God is going to change your station and he's going to change your life status. I decree and declare today you are embracing the need to be merciful that new every morning God is going to show his mercy to you and you you are going to show your mercy to individuals in Jesus' name. Now, why, why is this particular beatitude important? Number one, mercy positions you for greatness. Matthew 9, 27 to 31, the Bible said, When Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind man came to him and Jesus said unto them, believe me, believe ye that I may, that I am able to do this. They said unto him, yes, Lord. Then touched he their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened and Jesus straightly charged them, see that no man know, know it. But they, when they were departed, spread aboard his fame in all the country. Now watch this. Jesus extended mercy he did not have to hire a PR specialist <laughs> the Bible said after he extended mercy his fame spread abroad in all the country in other words when you show mercy God makes you famous Psalm 37 verse 25 to 26 this is what, 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 what the um, psalmist said. I've been young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed breaking bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. In other words, God makes you so powerful that your children, your seed, your children also are blessed as a result of it. How do you obtain that kind of mercy? Proverbs 28, 13. The Bible said, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper. But whosoever confesseth 
and forsake them shall have mercy. Now, if you want this level of mercy, you've got to practice personal integrity. Now, credibility means that you are not going to lie to me. You don't lie about who you are to me. You don't lie about what you've done to me. But integrity simply means that you don't lie to yourself. You don't say that you're something when you're not that. You don't say that I'm a Christian, but live a double life. It means that your family sees you as Christians, your friends see you as Christian, the people that you work with. It means that you walk upright when no one is looking. It means that you can lie, but you choose not to lie. And this goes all the way down to your taxes. All the way down to your taxes. It means that you don't lie to yourself. It's one thing for me to lie to you. But the worst deception is self-deception. When you deceive yourself. When you can stand before God. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. This is what God wants you to do. He wants you to prosper. But whosoever that confesseth and forsaketh it shall have mercy. You want the mercy of God. So you're going to go before God. You're going to be like David. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Against thee and thee I have done this evil in thy sight. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Wash me and I shall be clean. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be white as snow. You want to go before God. You don't want to lie. You don't want to say, well, I don't feel this when you do. You want to take that and say, God, I really want to get back at that person. I really want to choke them. Help me. I don't want to love them. There's nothing in me. And, you, and, and, and it's like the disciples. Lord, how often shall we forgive? And they said, he said, 70 times seven. Because there were some things that happened to us. That is hard to let go. And you have to go back to God over and over until one day you wake up and that person is no longer in your spirit. Blessed are the merciful. There's a text about Abigail who positioned herself for mercy. Mercy is synonymous with favor. In the story, we have David. And David is hungry. And he's being abused by uh, Saul. So he's running away from Saul. And he shows up in this city. And the Bible said that the person in this particular city was Charles. In other words, he had the power to show mercy to David. And you know what he said? I don't care who you are. You ain't getting nothing from me. Your ability to show mercy is a destiny changer. And showing mercy has the power to change your station in life and your status. Let's look at 1 Samuel 25 verses 1 to 44. And I want to end with this story. This story is so good. Showing mercy has the power to change your status and your station. Has the power to change your status and your station in life. Has the power to change the status and station. This is why this beatitude is so important. 1 Samuel 25, 1 to 44. And Samuel died, and all of Israel were gathered together and lamented him and buried him in the house of Ramoth. David arose and went down in the wilderness of Parine, 
And there was a man in Moan whose possession were in Carmel. And the man was very great. He was very influential. He was very wealthy. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And he was a shearer, shearing his sheep in Carmel. In other words, he not only had goats and sheep, but he sold the uh, goat here and the sheep here. And, you know, he made curry goat and stuff like that. Right? <laughs> now, the name of the man, you can tell I'm a little hungry. Now, the name of the man was Nabal. And the word Nabal means fool. You see, I'm going to tell you something. Psalm 92, 67 says, a brutish man knoweth not, neither does a fool understand this. When the wicked spring up as grass and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. A a foolish man doesn't understand that. Proverbs 14, 6 to 18. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rages and is confident. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly and a man of wicked devices is hated. The simple inherit folly but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. In other words, you're destroying your life when you act foolish and when you act angry and you rage. This man was charlish. I mean, he wore his emotions on the sleeve. He had a flesh temper. He didn't care who he told off and he was not going to be merciful to anyone. But the Bible said the name of his wife was Abigail and the word Abigail, my father is joy or Joy is in my DNA. Oh my God, I just love it. I decree and declare you don't just have joy. Joy is in your DNA. You don't, you're not just successful. Success is in your DNA. You're not just happy. Happiness is in your DNA. You are not just prosperous. Prosperity is in your DNA. You are not just wealthy. Wealth is in your DNA. Shout, I, do, I believe it. Oh, my God. The Bible said, and she was a woman of good understanding, in contrast to her husband, and beautiful continence. When you are merciful, you have an understanding of why why you're doing what you're doing. You're not just doing it because God said it. You're doing it because you understand the benefits of it. And the benefits of it is that once you're merciful, guess what happens? Favor comes along with it. And God increases your station and your status. So she was a beautiful countenance. I decree and declare, wherever you lost your joy, God is going to take you back to that place to find it. And you're going to be happy every day and it's going to show on your countenance. People are going to want to know you because you're going to smile again. There are some Christians that are so mean, you don't even want to talk. They just... And they try to act deep. You ever seen deep Christian? I say, you ain't deep, you're crazy. As a look of a crazy person, there ain't nothing deep about that. But the deeper you are, the happier you are. You know, there, there are people that try to act like if they're anointed, they can smile. You know, they're getting this deep download. When I got a deep download, the deeper it is, the more I smile. I'm happy, yes. Thank you, Lord. You got to be happy. You're going to show mercy. It's going to start with a smile on your face. And besides, when you smile, you don't need a facelift. People, a lot of people need facelift because they're mean and they're angry. Turn to your name and say, smile, girl, smile. Yes, yes. 
Have you ever seen old people and the people that smile all their life, when they get old, there's a permanent smile? But the people that have been mean and angry all their life, they end up, and they can't even wipe it off their face. (laughs) Y'all better do a lot of smiling now. Amen. (laughs) One day that that, that lip is going to go like this, and it ain't going to turn up. (laughs) Joy is in my DNA. Oh, my God. Joy is my DNA. The Bible said that she was married to this charless woman, charless man, and evil in his doings. And so this woman was married to a charless, evil man. And he was from the house of Caleb. And, and, and as I was sitting today preparing uh, for this teaching, I said, there's got to be something deeper about this, that he was not only charless and evil in his doing, he never showed mercy to people. He didn't care about how he hurt people and he just walked all over people and didn't say thank you and just was verbally abusive to people. The Bible says uh, he was from the house of Caleb. Now, this piece of detail is important because Caleb was from the tribe of Judah. And so because he was merciless, God stripped him of his mantle that gave him recognition, respect, and honor. Because the name Judah means praised or someone who is honored or someone who is praiseworthy or someone who is respected or someone that is recognized. In other words, now you have this man who has this mantle that was passed down to him. His wife, joy is my DNA. Where honor and respect should have been his DNA, it was stripped off of him until people didn't like him, people didn't honor him, and people didn't respect him. The Bible said, and David heard in the wilderness, this is verse number four, that Nabal did share the sheep. And David sent out ten young men. And David said unto the young men, get you up to Carmel. And go to Nabal and greet him in my name. Now remember he's the king. And thus shall you say to him that liveth in prosperity. Watch this. He's living in prosperity. Peace be both to thee and peace be to thy house. And peace be unto all that thou hast. Look at this. And now I have heard that thou hast shearers. Now that thy shepherds which were with thee. We heard them not. Neither were were there aught missing among them all the while we were at Carmel. In other words, we never stole anything from you. I could have. I'm the king. But I didn't. I had what? Personal integrity. Because I had personal integrity, all all I'm asking, if I have found favor in your eyes, for we have come in a good day, give, I pray thee, Whatsoever cometh to thy hand, unto thy servant, to thy son David. And when David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all these words in the name of David and ceased. And Nabal Nabal answered David's servant and said, Who is David and who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away from a man's master. Shall I take my bread? You want me to show mercy? Shall I take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed? I've worked for this money and now you want me to be merciful unto you because you have some need and I work for this and you're nothing but a beggar. And David's man turned and went back and told David. And David got up and said, I'm sick and tired of people treating me like this. 
I'm sick of it. But while they were going out, one of David's servants went to Abigail and said, look, this is what happened. And Abigail sent a message. Oh, my husband didn't take his medication. Don't worry about him. (laughs) If you come, I'll show you mercy. I'll take care of you. Verse number 18, then Abigail made haste, took 200 loaves, two bottles of wine, five sheep ready dressed, five measures of parched corn and a hundred clusters of raisins, 200 cakes of figs and laid them on asses. And she said unto her servants, go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she told not her husband, this is prudence. And it was so as she rode on the ass that she came down by the covert of the hill and behold, David and his men came down against her and she met them. Now David said, surely in vain have I kept all that this fellow had in the wilderness so that nothing was missed of all that pertained to him. And he hath requited me evil for good. Watch this. So the more also do God unto the enemies of David, if I leave of all that pertaineth to him by the morning light, anything that pisses against the wall. Uh, when, uh, and when Abigail saw David, she hastened, lit off her ass, fell before David on her face, bowed herself to the ground because all David wanted was to be respected. That's it. Someone to acknowledge him. That's all he wanted. And here this woman extending mercy. Mercy is not just forgiveness. It's extending honor to a person that you may not know, that may not even be worth honoring, but you're honoring the God in them. It's when you say, I see beyond the outside of you, and I see your significance and your relevance. And the Bible said that this is what she did. And verse number 25, she said, let not my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, his full of demons, that's what it means, even Nabal, for his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. Folly is in his DNA. I, thy handmaiden, saw not the young man of my Lord, whom thou didst send. Now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, seeing the Lord hath withholden thee from coming to shed blood, and from avenging thyself with thy own hand, now let thy enemies, and that they that seek evil to my Lord be naval. In other words, look, don't kill my husband. He can't help himself. Show my husband favor. Show my husband mercy. And now this blessing, which thy handmaiden has borne into my Lord, let it even be given unto the young man. I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thy handmaid. Forgive, and it shall be giving you. For the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house. And then she begins to prophesy. This is interesting. Because when you drop down to verse number 32, the Bible said, And David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me. And blessed be thy advice And blessed be thou which has kept me this day from coming to shed blood, from avenging myself with my own hand. 
For indeed, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, which hath kept me back from hurting thee, except thou hast hasted and come to meet thee, surely there hath not been left unto Nabal by the morning, light of any day. In other words, if it wasn't for you. You see, mercy extends beyond you. Because now you could teach your friends and family and counsel them. You could tell them, look, there's a blessing in you showing mercy. And don't fight fire with fire. The Bible goes on to say, and Abigail came to Nabal. And behold, he held a feast in the house like the feast of the king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunken. Wherefore she said unto him, nothing, less or more, until the morning light. But it came to pass in the morning, when the wine was gone out of Nabal, and his wife had told him these things, that his heart died within him, and he became a stone. He died of a heart attack. And it came to pass about ten days after, the Lord smote Nabal that he died. And when David heard that Nabal was dead, in other words, he first had a stroke, and then he died of a heart attack. David heard that Nabal was dead. He said, blessed be the Lord, that it pleased the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal, and it kept his servant from evil. Look at this. David, David was able to say, God, thank you for this woman, because you kept me back from evil. Now I don't have to suffer. The law of cause and effect. That will not happen to me. So he sent for Abigail. And the rest is history. Because of the mercy. That Abigail showed toward David. Guess what happened? Abigail's station in life. And status in life. Was changed. It was altered. Not only was her life. And destiny altered. Because she showed mercy. But she taught David how to show, show mercy too. And the rest is history. Mercy positions you for greatness. Mercy positions you for greatness. How do you position yourself for greatness? By knowing that there's a law of cause and effect for everything. And what you want others to do to you, you do it to others. Ask God, teach me how to be merciful. Let me obtain mercy first. And then, Father, let me extend mercy towards others. And in so doing, mercy travels with a traveling companion, and that's favor. Your set time a favor has come when you learn the art of being merciful. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, there's so much that we can gather and garner and excavate from studying the Beatitudes. It's hard when we talk about showing mercy. It's easy to get it done and over with when we can roll our eyes when we, we, we can withdraw from, when we can give people silent treatment. But your mercies are new every day. You said, blessed are the merciful. We will obtain mercy. How we treat others 
is how we're going to be treated. And so I pray that you give us an extra dose of mercy so that we can defy the odds. Let us not be like Nabal, but let us be like Abigail towards our family, community, friends, in the workplace, towards those that don't believe like us, think like us. But let us see your image in them and let us extend a hand. Let us think about being in that same position and how we would like to be treated. And bless us accordingly. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's put our hands together. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.